everybody, it's Dr. Nicole Bonner with Taproot Conversations. And this is Dr. John D'Ambrosio, and we are here with Dr. Jeff Ludwig. Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself, and let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, hey, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to share today. So, um, Dr. Jeff Ludwig, I have a practice in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, which is uh, right across the river from the state capital of Harrisburg, and been practicing 20-some years, um, actually my second profession, and um Big family practice, lots of kids, just um, teaching our community about what real chiropractic is about. We need plenty more of you. So <laughs> second profession, what was your first profession? So I taught high school for 13 years. Okay. And uh, so my, my story was in middle school, I, I wanted three occupations in my life, but I didn't know exactly what they were going to be other than I love going to school. I uh, participated in a lot of stuff from sports to music to art. And um, so I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I, but I, I met this guy and I decided I wanted to have three occupations that all overlapped. So I knew teaching was my first one and taught high school for 13 years. And at 34, I left teaching, left my, um, left my pension uh, kept a little bit of it, but got penalized like 90%. Uh, left my wife to be. Uh, we we got married, but uh, just just uh, just because I felt like God was telling me to do this. And at 34, I went down to Life University and and uh, started my journey. Um, and uh, so that this is my second profession. And uh, so you know, of course, you both know doctor means teacher, and uh, that's what I feel that. One of my good things I can do is teach people specifically about chiropractic and, um, you know, working on my third profession. Now I do a little bit of it here and there speak, and I just want to teach doctors how to teach because they just don't know how to do it. Like I think that they should. That's again, that's really much needed, especially at this time in humanity. So I think that's a great endeavor to take on. Yeah, thank you. So you, you went to life. When did you go? I was at life as well. I went there in 96 and okay. graduated in 2000. Okay, I was down there. I graduated in 93. Got it. So was Sid down there when you were yeah, yeah. in 96? Yeah, it was in the heyday. The Olympic, when I came in, the Olympics were just were there. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, they had Olympic athletes at life and, and uh, he was building all this stuff. And, and um, yeah, I mean, there's probably 350 a class when okay. we were there. So it was, it was, it was exciting. Um, and I was there, you know, before, I don't know what year it was when they lost their accreditation with the fight over PT and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed my time there. Um I uh, was, you know, older than some classmates that were there. So, and I had, you know, I just wasn't going there to waste time, right? <laughs> uh, and just, just to play around Atlanta, although Atlanta was great. Um, my, uh, I wanted to make a difference and I drank the Kool-Aid, right? Um, the philosophy made sense to me. Um, I didn't skip philosophy classes that you were required to go to. I wanted to 
it made sense to me and uh, still trying to teach that right now. Awesome. Uh, so that kind of brings us into our first official official question is, is what do you believe, Jeff? I've, I've known you for a long time and um, I've actually, I've seen you go through a bunch of transformation and I want to, I want our audience to kind of go through, I want them to have the personal experience that you went through with chiropractic, but let's start with what do you believe is the biggest misconception about chiropractic? Well, I think the obvious one, I think there's several, the obvious one is um, that it's just about back pain, back pain and neck pain. Um, I think uh, with chiropractors, they, they pick the low hanging fruit and it takes a little bit more effort to educate people what the nervous system actually does. I think we, it's, it becomes more about the spine and not the nervous system. And um, I mean, you can explain things pretty simple, you know, uh, like your, your vertebrae are switches they're circuit breakers. You turn them on, you turn them off. I mean, my four-year-olds understand this, so hopefully my adults can too. Um, but I think what's currently what's leading the back pain and stuff like that is uh, one of my missions right now is to teach people how to get the message out with videos, but the right way. Right now, if you if you go and search chiropractic on YouTube, the top ten videos are all about the crack, mm -hmm. right? And it's, or I hate to say it, they'll have a, a good looking young lady in clothes that are pretty tight. She's pretty fit. And, and, you know, not that they're trying to sexualize it. I even hate to say the word, but it just, it isn't what kind of, so that's what people think it is. Like I, I just had, before we started here today, I started a family up. I started the parents up and then the, their teenage girls came in. And all they've been doing to get educated is watch YouTube videos. So they, you know, it's, you know, here it is, you crack, you crack, you crack. And um, I want to change that. I, I, I want to be a part of whoever else wants to join my team to, to change this uh, observation of what chiropractic truly is. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. And I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. I'm embarrassed <laughs> when patients come in and they're like, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but I probably will. But mm. like when they're come, when they come in and they're like, oh, do you do that rice strap thing? And, yeah. you know, and I'm like embarrassed that they're seeing these videos of our profession. Well, it's, it's not only um, it's not only that, you know, because there's all sorts of techniques. It's the way it's presented. Mm -hmm. Like it's right. a joke. They laugh about it like it's no big deal, like anybody can do it. Right. Um, and then. Um, you know, I, I, I've done one video or two video of someone getting adjusted and then realize people don't need to see that to get the idea of chiropractic. So I've come up with a different idea of called Cairo stories where I'm interviewing. I want chiropractic to be the star of the videos, not me, right? Not the crack, not the back pain or anything like that. And so I, so I do these things called Cairo stories, uh, a few videos out there now, but working on some more and I want to teach people how to do it. And, and just another situation where I think it was in Australia where this chiropractor adjusted the baby. And from what I could see on the video, he did everything correct. Right. But he showed a baby getting adjusted and it went viral. 
so much that I don't think, in, and I may be wrong with this, but I don't think in Australia, uh, babies can get adjusted anymore. And I think it started with that video. So even if you do something right, that doesn't, showing somebody getting adjusted is not teaching people what chiropractic can do. It's way more than that. So it starts with the why and you gotta start there. Awesome. Yeah. Something you said was, I just love that you said, chiropractic became about neck and back pain because chiropractors went for the low hanging fruit. Now that yeah. didn't start with DD, that didn't go with uh, BJ. Where do you think that actually started and why do you think it continued moving in that direction? I think there's a number of things. I mean, not that I own the green books, but you know, you know, you know, BJ would say symptoms sell. So there's nothing wrong with symptoms. Um, to me, when someone comes in, we're riding down the same stream, we want the same result, but they're in their boat, and I'm in my boat. It's my job to get them in that journey to get in my boat to understand what what, what we're doing. So it's not that we don't talk about symptoms. Um, it has to be more than that. So, you know, if, if they're just coming in to get out of pain, that's only 10% of what the nervous system can do. They're missing 90% of what chiropractic can do for them. And I think that's a, that's a good one-liner that, that people can use because it's, it's true. Um, I think insurance companies started it as well. I mean, uh, in the 70s, 73, whenever it was, when insurance companies got involved, all of a sudden we became back pain doctors. I mean, I've never advertised back pain um, and I do okay. Um, you know, why, who, is, who is the smart person in our profession that says, all right, let's, let's, we have to pick something. We're pushing this to get this mighty dollar from insurance. Let's become specialists. But to even make it worse than that, this drives me up all, because words to me are important, right? We don't use the word crack. We don't use the word, like manipulation is just is like fingers on a chalkboard to me who who and i'm kind of angry about this because it's my profession i'm fighting for it who came up with the word manipulation who's the brilliant person in chiropractic i mean think of the word look it up in the dictionary who wants to be manipulated forget about chiropractic right any profession at all do you want to be manipulated and that's that's a pet peeve with mine some people may not agree but I don't care. I mean, it, uh, there was a time where I never taught subluxation because I thought it's too big of a word. People have a hard time saying it. And then I just break it down. Sub, less than, lux, lighter life, Asian, a condition of less life. That's a, is, and then you ask the question, is this what you want? Right? And so to answer your question, I think it's, it's evolved over in our profession, insurance, and just people that don't have the teaching skills to really, or maybe the gall to actually tell the true story. Just tell the story. It's so simple. I mean, if people can trust a handful of pills and then don't have any idea what they do, why can't we teach the word subluxation? So true. Shit, man. If people can get injected with something, we, we have no idea how it's going to respond in our bodies. They can, we could certainly be teaching subluxation. That's See? right. That's right. That's right. Don't Amen. get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff, you had said something um, interesting. I want to kind of go back to it because I think that this is going to be gold for some people out there, especially people that are starting their own practices. But you had said there was a point in time when you didn't teach 
subluxation because you didn't think that people would understand it. And then you said it became so simple, just tell the story. So what was your, what was the transformation that went on for you? What was your transformation <coughs> that took you from, from maybe being afraid to share? I know I've known you for a long time. You've never been afraid to share the story. So that's not the right word, but maybe hesitant in how you were sharing the story to like, I'm done and now I'm gonna share it and everybody's gonna know about it. And if you're a patient in my office, you're gonna know a paragraph. Like what was I your you know, I think it's been a process. You know, when you get out of school, you have young doctor's disease, you have all this information, you just want to vomit information onto people. And I think it was a process for me. Uh, it, it has to become personal. You know, I had to look in the mirror. And, um, you know, it, the, the patient or the proposed patient or client isn't the, isn't the problem. And subluxation is a problem. It, it's my skill set. Right. So I had to improve me. I mean, we we focus on improving our adjustments, right, our skill, our philosophy, our technique, all these things. But um, I think it was a process of different coaching groups I've been to. Um, I think over the last three years, I changed my practice and became more of a minimalist. I got rid of a lot of things. My question was, if it doesn't help the patient, if it doesn't help me, then why am I using it? Right. So I connected with a couple people on Facebook, went down to a, a DE practice in Virginia. I just had to get out of here and I never met him before, but I went down, stayed for the weekend and watched his practice. And to be honest with you, I mean, he great guy um, is it wasn't about the building. He had a floor where the, 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 the floor didn't even come together. He had chairs that didn't match. He had three tables that weren't very good and they didn't. They <laughs> he got them from somebody. Um, so I just listened and I watched and, um, you know, all cash practice, those types of things, whether you want that or not, that's not the point. Um, no x-rays, no nothing, kept it really simple. So when I came back from Virginia beach, um, I came back and I told my wife, we're lowering our fees and we're getting rid of all these plans and we're just going to have two choices because that's basically how I teach everything. All right. I, I want people to have control of their choice. I'm not one that says, this is the only plan you do it. Just like you go to heart doctor, they're only going to give you one choice. Well, that's not the case with necessarily with chiropractic, right? You got to meet people where they are. So when you give people a choice, and I learned that teaching children, if, when, if you just tell a child, this is what we're going to do, that's their only choice, you're going to get a fight. But if you give them two choices, and I'm talking about any age, and this works with adults as well, right? Do you want to put your face in the water for five seconds or do you want to do five bobs? I mean, that's what I went back to. It doesn't matter to me. They're still putting their face in the water for five seconds. And so that's how, that's how I really changed everything in my practice over three years ago. And we doubled. We just doubled working on tripling our practice. Um, so... I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> Get kind of fired up about this, but that's, I think it's just meeting different people and being connected with the right people. Uh, I, I go to a band of brothers once a month. Um, it's sort of gotten away from talking about chiropractic. So I'm going to have a hard to hard talk with them next time we meet and say, listen, 
it's nice going out and having a dinner and a drink or two, but you know, I'm driving all this way. I'm here to get fed. I'm here to get spizzed up. Nice. That's awesome. So, go ahead. Thank, no, I was just going to say thank you for sharing your journey because I think I think that's a that there's a lot of gold in there. Like that's a lot of good information for people that are especially just getting ready to open their own practice. Mm-hmm. Like if people knew what you knew now, it would save them probably decades of like heartache and yeah. frustration. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I came out um, being my second occupation, being older and letting go of everything. And everybody thought I was nuts. You know, I mean, all my friends, to be honest with you now that are teachers, they're all retiring this year. All their kids or I had kids later in life. Right. And it's not a regret. It's just just has been my journey and I'm OK with it. Um, that's why I think I'm 40, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I got out of school, I wasn't going to be an associate. I was going to, I wasn't going to fail because the fear that drove me is like, I have to provide for whoever. I mean, I graduated from life and then uh, came home one August, got married in October, went into a practice, gave this guy 1500 bucks to say, listen, uh, here, I'll just give you money. And in three months, I ended up buying it from him. And it had nothing to do necessary with as much as skill that I have now. It's like, I wasn't going to fail. You know, I went across to that mall where you were beside Nicole. I walked in there and this is before uh, other people run it. I just set up a table. I didn't have any money. I had a Titron scan and everybody that walked by me, I didn't even pay for the table. I just scanned everybody. I mean, what are they <laughs> going to say? No. And then eventually they charged me a hundred bucks. That was certainly worth it. And then, and everything was good until the hospital took over the, uh, the, the marketing of the mall. So now, not that I need to go in there anymore, but uh, I wasn't going to fail. I was just going to work hard. Didn't have kids then, so I was able to, to do that. So, you know, what I did, my advice for students is on your breaks, go and visit other chiropractic offices, all right? Um, hear about them. And then, and then when you go to that office that you like, say, well, who else should I go to? And it's not that you take everything from that office. You're going to say, oh, I like that. I like that diagram on the wall, or I like the way they answered the phone, or I, I like the color of that chair. I mean, it, it's, it's the whole culture is what you're trying to take in. And you're going to learn from other people, but it has to be your brand. And, and I really think when you're teaching people chiropractic, this is something I've come to terms with. I don't think I'm teaching chiropractic first. Um, I, 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 I'm or selling. I, there's a time where I wouldn't use the word selling, but you know, you're educating, selling. It's the same word. I felt that before they're going to listen about chiropractic, they had to trust me. So I've really worked on my people skills how I say hello to people. When we answer the phone, we say, Campbell Family Chiropractic, this is Christine. How can I make your day better? Rather than, can I help you? That's a question. I mean, you just, you just lead them. And I, I stole that from foot levelers. <laughs> you know, because every time I, I call foot levelers, a few times I've used them, they, they would say, how can I make your day better? Oh, that made me feel so good. 
And I, I have a dentist that comes in here and he loves the way we answer the phone and he wants to use that with his staff and they won't use it. Why? Because they, <laughs> they, they, I don't know. It has to be real to them. I mean, they have to have it in their heart. Probably, probably the reason it's a J-O-B. The J-O-B. It's not an occupation. It's not a life-changing occupation. Yeah. So, so my advice to people that are in school is every on your break, go visit offices. Visit the big ones, the little ones. Try to find the the niche that you think you're going to be in, but it'll change a little bit. You know, it's a journey, that's for sure. Well, speaking of journeys, you started school, I'm assuming, with a vision of what your practice wanted to look like and what chiropractic was to you. And then you've talked a little bit about how it evolved over the past three years, but can you take us through starting school up until present day and your vision of chiropractic and how you wanted to practice and how that changed or stayed the same? Well, you know, I left, I left everything. Like my girlfriend, my job, I, I left everything. I mean, it's kind of scary, but there was some, there's some drive behind that, um, that I, I paid it. Like I already told, shared with you, I, I went to class. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I didn't have fun in chiropractic school, but I went to seminars while I was there, things like that. I'm an educator, so I kind of like that stuff. Um, so school was fine. And then when I got out, you know, we got married a month after I left school. So it's like, now what do we do? Um, and then, uh, like I said, I just went to a local chiropractor and said, here's 1500 bucks a month. Can I use all your stuff? Sure. And and they made that switch. But um, I mean, I've gone through transformations. Um, and Nicole and I, I think we're on, went to the same coaching group at some point. It was good. Uh, I questioned whether or not I needed to do that. But, you know, I learned some things from it as a person. I mean, in chiropractic, things have gone through all sorts of things where not right or wrong, just the way it is. It's like, uh, how are you going to make your brand? And there's nothing wrong with that word. I mean, we used to sell year plans. I could do it. Um, we used to do these plans, that plans. And what, ha- what ended up happening is I used, I used to do a ton of nutrition because I was a people pleaser, right? And that sort of just came to me. And now I just, you know, what set me free is just telling the truth and, you know, meeting people where they are, but don't push them. Um, you know, don't shove information down their throat when they're ready to take it. Then you give them the next step in the next step. Um, you know, if you don't change what's in between their ears, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, if, if, if you adjust them and they feel pain, then you think you hurt them. If you adjust them, they don't get better. They're going to leave. So what I think what's more important than the, the adjustment is teaching the philosophy, right? I mean, it has to happen. And I, I'm still working on it. I mean, my PVA is pretty high, but, um, you know, we still have people come and go. Uh, but what's happened also is more and more people have come back. So I had to let them go. Mm-hmm. I had to let them go. And having our best year ever, which is, which is great. Um, yeah. so, what, so where I am now is just running a simple practice. I got rid of two of my CAs. Actually, they retired. I didn't replace them. I started doing the exams again, but I made them really simple. 
because the exam wasn't about doing a bunch of orthopedic tests. I don't do any mm -hmm. of that. I just meet them. I just, I just put the clipboard down, get away from the computer and just go knee to knee, eye to eye and, and just listen to them because they just want to be heard. And then tell them the story within one minute and then ask them this magical question. Does this make sense to you? Is this the type of care that you want? If they say yes, because they, they really do. They just don't know it. Or right. here's something that that's really helped me over the last couple of years is listening to people. People are not coming in to get out of pain. That's not their big why. So I have a new intake form is when they fill out all this stuff. It's just, it lets me, it's like a mindset. So I know where their mindset is. And the last question is, because everything else is just a checkbox, right? You don't want to give them a lot of paperwork. At the very end, it says, when your symptoms go away, whatever they are, whatever the reason you came in, what will you be able to do? That's the question. And I sort of learned this from the guys that come in my practice and just come in so they can play a better golf game. Right. Or the grandmothers that come in, it's not the pain that they want to get rid of. Yes. They want to help with that. They want to pick up their grandson. So if you can get to that, why, and you keep that a part of the conversation, you know, um, I think that's what makes the transformation up upstairs. And it is, they have to realize it. you just can't lecture and lecture and lecture to them. Um, ask them a question and let them come up with the answer. So they own it or let them pick their choices. So they own it because it's their body, right you now. It's their body. Very nice. I got, I forgot what the next question is because I was just, <laughs> I'm taking notes for my own practice, Jeff. All right, here we go. Um, so a lot of this stuff you kind of answered as you were yeah. going through all that, but um, how can we do, so I'm gonna spin this question a little bit. So I love, with everything that you just said, how can we implement that in our schools? Mm. Like, how can, we, how can we get students knowing this now, not 10 years after they graduate or 20 years after they graduate? Well, I think in schools, and I haven't been there in a while, you know, when I was there, there was technique, we had one business class. And then the rumor was, if you didn't know what you're doing business-wise, you went to Parker or you went to a seminar because they were the, the business people. Mm -hmm. If you want philosophy, you went to Sherman, you know, so everyone had their certain niche. I think what's missing, and they may have it now, so I can't really say to that. Or if I go back and speak at a school, these are the things that I would say, is teach them communication skills. I mean, Sid would do that. He would shake your hand, powerful handshake. He'd look in the eye and it'd be real and put another hand over top of it and say, you know, good to see you, welcome. And I mean, and he owned it. And I think we get, I mean, I find that as a challenge in this office, one of the downfalls of being having a busy practice and seeing hundreds of people every day is that I'm... <laughs> Uh, so, or I put my back to them as they're saying goodbye. I mean, that's, even though we're, I'm talking about that, I'm, I'm good at communication, I still have to work on some things. So I would say in school, um, 
we need to talk about the nonverbals. We need to talk about meeting people where they are. Um, we need to talk about the different platforms of social media and how they work. We need to talk about respecting the profession. And you know what? You can teach chiropractic without showing an adjustment, which is my, which is what I've been working on lately. And, um, and I want to teach doctors how to do this, whoever wants to, whether they're in school or not. So I'd say communication. Um, I'm, I'm, um, I love reading books on communication. Um, and when I say that, it's, it's a big thing. It's like, uh, it drives me up a wall. I have a graphic design background. So, and then I study graphic artists where I see someone do a sign or they do a promotion. It's like, no, you can't have all bold letters or, or, or here's a good one, a PowerPoint presentation that has like 12 bullets on it. And then I think guilty that? Of that. what I've been guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, I, so, 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 so have I, but you know, killed by a bullet point, but you know, you can't, so you go to these presentations and I used to go to the presentations. I'm trying to read and listen. And then I, I read these books on communication, these experts, and they say, you can't read and listen at the same time. So, and then you just have people regurgitating. I know why the bullet points are up there. So it keeps you on task or it keeps me right. on task. I've done it too. But so if I was going to teach vitamin C, I just put a big ass orange up on the screen because they're going to remember that and just put three words, right? That's all I would do. And, and they will remember it. So we're visual learners. Um, so teaching the power of that and how, how do you intertwine that with, with chiropractic and, um, you know, doing a lot of listening, uh, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? So we listen twice as much <laughs> as what we say. Um, so when I have a, a new patient come in and they're with the spouse, you know, I want to make sure I'm listening to both of them, right? Because the one that's not talking, that's the one I need to get to, right? And give them every opportunity to ask questions and meet them where they are and then take them. I mean, I learned that from, from, from our church. One of our pastors said to me, Jeff, we just meet people where they are, wherever they are in their journey, and then be alongside them and, um, you know, you got to have your skill set of how you're going to present. Uh, another example of communication is, um, you know, we, you know, God seems to bring me in groups of people at a time. I'm sure they do the same with you, whether they're all runners or they're all like we, a lot of autistic kids are coming in, right? The words out in the street, whatever. It's like chiropractic. So they choose me for whatever reason. And so, you know, there's, I find their love language, right? Mm -hmm. Their love language. So what does that mean? Well, we had this one boy come in and he couldn't be touched. He couldn't go to any doctor screaming, <coughs> autistic. And then I asked his mom, what does he like to do? And she said, he likes to sing. So I connected with him. In fact, he was just in here last night. And I got to him on the table. I just sat with him on the table and I started humming, humming a little bit. And because she told me this, he'll copy whatever you do. And then he started humming with me. Right. And then there's a vibration with that. Right. Me being a musician, you know, I understand that. Right. The tonal part of the nervous system. And then I'm touching him with the vibration. And now it gets on the table and I hum and I sing with him every time he gets adjusted. Now he has eye contact. So I found his love language. It, it wasn't touch at first. It was sound. 
Right. And that's an extreme example, but um, the, the, and this isn't about me. It's just, if so uh, we have these three autistic kids are coming in with different families. They all came in the same week and said, the teacher said that they're paying attention. Like they'd never paid attention before. That's the why not the back pain, not any of those things. So love languages, communication, teach it at school. Definitely. That's, that's great advice. And building on that, how important do you feel something like table talk is? Because somebody's face down, some, uh, I know, especially fresh out of school, and I was the same way, you feel like you want patients to like you. So you're asking about how's their weekend, what plans do they have, and you're not educating, educating them about chiropractic. And there's a lot of psychological reasons that when they're face down, their eyes are closed, you're behind them, you speaking has a, a very deep impact on them. Do you feel people should be uh, implementing table talk or uh, building relationships in the way I just uh, described before that? Table talk is building relationships. So I, I have no problem. Like yesterday was Monday. Saw a few hundred people. I asked them how their weekend was. And then, so here's what you do. You're meeting them where they are, right? We're back to the same thing I said before. So let's say they, you know, I, I try not to say how you doing. I usually say what's good. Because <laughs> you say how you doing, it's going to go negative. So, so right. when I say what's good, what was good this weekend? So we're just cutting the fat away. And then, so, so they'll say something like I did this, I did this. I, um, usually in the weekend, they're doing something they're passionate about, or maybe they were mowing the yard or putting their camper away. So then I bring that into the conversation because that's their why, right? They're telling you their why. Mm -hmm. And then you bring chiropractic into it. And as I'm palpating them with touch, right? Because they're face mm -hmm. down, you might as well right. touch them. Oh, feel this right? Oh, I just moved that. That that was your heart, Joey. Now your heart's going to work 90% better than it was before. Um, and sometimes I'll just educate them by touching parts of the spine. Sometimes I'll just say, I'll use, I'll use this. You know, when they come up and I give them an eye contact, I'll say, you know, you're healthier now than when you first came in. Because I know that's true. Yes, absolutely. And, um, so I think the table talk, um, I belong to a mastermind group and that's something I'm still working on because I do get into maybe too much talk about, oh, this football team or that football team. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I've tried different things. I've tried, you know, my software to pop up messages or things on the whiteboard. So I, I, I try to stay grounded and I have my team, my small team, my wife and my one CA now, uh, I talk in the meeting and tell them what I'm going to do. So I'm accountable. All right. This is what I'm going to do today. And I'm no different than them. I have a job to do. And uh, so at the end, let me know, how was my talk? Or did I start talking in the front desk? Did I get involved in that conversation? They, they know they can chase me out of there. So okay. I think table talk's important, but um, I think it can blend in where they are and where you want to take them. That's great advice. Thanks. Sorry, I muted myself for a little bit. I had a coughing fit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you guys wanted to hear that. <laughs> so you're seeing a lot of people 
which is totally awesome. You're changing a lot of lives. And I think, you, you know, you really touched on this, Jeff, but do you want to tell us any more about the culture in your office? Like if I was a patient and I was walking to your office, what, what would it feel like? What would that culture be like for me? Uh, I think the culture is what our reviews say. Um, we're blessed to have a lot of reviews. Um, I think it's three things. You know, what, what do they say back in the day? Uh, people, people want to know how much it's going to cost. Can you help them? All these things. Okay, well, take those, but change a little bit. Um, when anybody wants to do anything or buy something or, or want to invest in something, they do want to know how much it's going to cost. They also want to know how long it's going to take for the process to happen. And they want to know if you're good at what you do. So our brand, if you will, our culture is, you know, we do flex scheduling. People just walk in um, other than a new patient appointment, but people just come, you know, you guys have it as well. Families of five, family of six. And then when they all come in, it's like, it's kind of crazy in here. But I also ask the patients when they're waiting a little bit, because I'm the only doctor, um, would you like to have a specific appointment? And it's been hundred percent no, because they want that flex flex schedule and they know that they need a special time, I'll do it. Um, so I think the brand, if you will, the culture, it's all the same thing to me is communication above everything, but uh, a flexible schedule, that's what people like. I made it, I make it really affordable, not cheap, affordable. Cause I'm looking at the big picture. It doesn't, it doesn't do me any service or them uh, to charge 120 bucks a visit. Nothing wrong with that. And they can only come in four times, you know, ever, cause that's all they can afford. So, so our price and then really good care and probably the education part, I think is where I have a little bit of a niche. Um, um, and, and that could take a little bit of my time. I think over the years I've learned to, <coughs> I've learned to, to funnel that down. So I have some quick answers or I have a handout ready for them to go because I'm in, I'm in the middle of battle of, of going from patient to patient to patient and trying to connect with them eye to eye, face to face, knee to knee. So I would say family, children running all over the place. Um, just got to watch for the kid, the, you know, the two-year-olds running into the wheelchairs Um it's funny every now and then the practice will be slow for the 15 minutes and people walk in and they go, is everything okay? Like, like my practice just folded. I said, no, like just take it <laughs> right. It's good. You get to get adjusted and, and get in and get out. Um, so I would say it'd be those three things is excellent care along with education, flexible schedule and affordable care. I mean, why, why would you say no to come into my office? Right. What's missing? Other, unless they want a female doctor specifically, unless they want individual rooms. I had my first patient ever in 20 some years uh, walk out of my practice before I even saw her first one ever. And I didn't get a chance to talk to her or anything because, you know, you know, when people come in, they have this, you know, this idea of what chiropractic is or they've been to another chiropractor, which, you know, sometimes that's harder flipping them because they, they weren't taught before. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's similar to, you know, I'm a swimmer and taught swimming, but it's like trying to teach an adult how to swim who was taught how to swim the wrong way. 
it's much easier to take someone who's scared to death, who's never even been taught, and I can get them going in no time at all. The newbies are, the green, green people are pretty good. So that's the brand. Um, we want controlled chaos. Um, communication with my team. I asked my front desk, what do you need from me? There, there was a time where I used to micromanage because I thought that's what I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be the boss. And, and we've been through a lot of CAs. I've learned a lot. And when I lost somebody, I learned that I had to look in the mirror. What, what didn't I teach them? Or did I just say, here's the handbook? We don't even have a procedure manual anymore. <laughs> so it's like um, keeping that communication open and making sure there's no cancers that develop between the staff and um, to make sure it's not a J-O-B. That's great. And, you know, building on that whole, you know, the way your office is now and how it's evolved to this point, where do you see chiropractic itself in 20 years? I know where we'd like to see it, but where do you see it as you've seen things progress and change? You seem to be someone who probably follows things like that, trends, and where do you see chiropractic in 20 years? I, I, I'm scared. I'll be honest okay. with you. I'm scared. I haven't been to the schools. I need to get back to the schools and give back to the schools in some way, you know, whether it's life or Sherman or whoever, um, you know, the, I try to be a part of the groups that are subluxation based. Um, um, there's a lot of politics involved with chiropractic now too. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it starts with the, the, the ground roots. I mean, I cannot get a principal group of chiropractors and there's quite a few in, in the Harrisburg area. I have to travel to York every month, which I don't mind, but you know, be nice. nice. Just someone's, I could walk to somebody's office right now. It'd be nice to get together and just, what can I do for you? Right. You know, what can I do for you? We're not in competition with each other. You don't have to practice like I do. We need to see as many people as we can and save some lives. And, uh, so I'm concerned about I'm concerned about the profession. Um, I don't know from what I hear, they're, and I don't know if this is true or not. What they're taught in school, whether or not they can adjust. Um, I don't know what the philosophies are. I think schools come and go as far as who's the more popular one. Um, I, I guess you know in 20 years, boy, that's a long time. Um, I think the only thing we can do is stay grounded to who we are and try to teach these younger students of what chiropractic is. And if they're in it for the right reasons, um, then they won't get burned out. You know, it's if they get the philosophy based, I mean, when you're in trouble in practice, just like this profession, this profession, I think, is a little troubled because of there's always been two sides to some degree. When you're in trouble in practice, what carries you through or what gets you out of the hole is philosophy. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's how I talk to somebody, how I presented something, something wrong, my financial plans, um, coming in on a Saturday to see a patient. Whether or not I had a good month, I had a bad month collections. I mean, I never worry about the money. The money is a, you know, the end result of what I do in the office. Um, philosophy 
will carry my practice. So philosophy has to carry this profession. Took me a while to get to that. But. <laughs> <laughs> it was well worth the journey. Awesome. Let me see if I am missing any questions. That I don't think they did. No? All right. So we're going to wrap up our hour. Get it? Our hour? Mm -hmm. I get yeah. that. <laughs> You guys are no fun. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up our hour with Jeff. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day and schedule to meet with us and just share your heart uh, with our students and with our profession. And there was a lot of really great value in this. So thank, thank you. you so thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Of course. Yeah, really appreciate it. Again, the, the purpose of this is to bring value to students and uh, new docs and, and all docs. And I think you definitely hit a home run. Yeah. And, you know, doctors like us, we're reachable, right? We're reachable. So, you know, people need to contact me. They can, they can check me out on Facebook. They can email me if they want. It's jaludwick at gmail.com. Uh, my website is camphillcairo.com. Doesn't have a ton of information, but you know, most people go to social media now. And uh, I'll help out anybody. You don't don't need a don't don't need a coach. You just need a a principal chiropractor. Yeah. So um, Cassie, or I think it'll be Cassie and Jeff. We'll reach out to you and get your contact information, and then we'll edit it right at the end of this podcast. Is that cool? Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. All right, all right, gentlemen, you guys hang on for a minute. Everybody else, I'm going to say we're out for the week and we will see you, John and I will see you next week. Absolutely. Okay. Blessings. Thank you.